0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. It's Tuesday, August 8th. Here's the midday news from Michael Hill.
0: If you're planning on visiting a New York City beach today, stay out of the water. The National Weather Service says there's a higher risk for life-threatening rip currents at all city beaches and Long Island's entire south shore. The Weather Service's meteorologist Dave Riddell says wind, waves and weather are causing the phenomena. We're looking at
1: surf heights of four to five feet um, through the afternoon. And essentially what what we're getting is, you know, this is a result of some kind of strong winds and some swell, ocean swell, out ahead of a frontal system that's passing through the area this morning.
0: Waddell says the rip current risk is expected to taper off later this afternoon, meaning tomorrow should be a much better beach day. Swimmers who do find themselves caught in a rip current should stay calm, swim parallel to the shoreline, and try to flag down help. In other news... A judge says New York State must temporarily stop issuing new retail weed licenses through its program for a people marijuana prohibition had adversely impacted. The decision comes after four veterans sued saying they were shut out of the licensing process. Under state law, service-disabled veterans are given priority in the application process. But the four vets claim the current licensing program called CARD unfairly favors those with the prior marijuana-related conviction. The suit alleges the state office of Cannabis Management in New York usurped legislative authority when it developed these requirements. A judge will hear arguments on this on Friday. 79 with clouds out there right now. Slim chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms today. Mostly cloudy and 80. It'll be gusty and then tomorrow sunny and up near 90. It'll be hot. Once again, 79 right now. Everybody's got a story about a piece of music. I thought this is the greatest thing I've ever heard.
1: It's about pure experience, pure connection, pure joy.
0: This song allowed me to survive. I'm Terrence McKnight with a new season of The Open Ears Project. Every Monday in under 20 minutes, you'll hear a different guest share their story. So you can start your week on the right note. Listen wherever you get podcasts. New Jersey policymakers have been working for years to make education more comprehensive with an LGBTQ inclusive curriculum and sex ed standards that discuss gender identity at earlier grades. But they've been seeing pushback from parents, from local school boards, and from conservative lawmakers all who accuse the state of usurping parents' role in deciding what's appropriate for their children. The latest debate came just last week when the State Board of Education narrowly passed a new set of equity rules dealing with gender in the classroom. Nikita Biryukov reported on the vote for the New Jersey Monitor and joins us now. Nikita, welcome to Morning Edition. Thanks for having me, Michael. You're welcome. Let's start off by explaining to our audience just what do these new equity rules do.
1: So these new rules replace gendered language in the state's administrative code, and they also remove references to two sexes or both sexes, including on some sections in sports. Uh, Now, to be clear, a separate body sets the rules for interscholastic sports, and these changes won't require districts allow trans students, for example, to participate in sports in a way that aligns with their gender identity. Uh, also, in this plan, equity replaces equality. Uh, the state says it's meant to encourage schools to teach individual or to teach to individual students' needs. While detractors suggest it could lead to an unequal distribution of school resources, they also require that districts that segregate sex-ed classes do so based on gender identity instead of based on sex.
0: Now, there was one school board member who said that he does not believe in transgender people.
1: That's right. Uh, board member Andrew Mulvahill, while discussing these changes, said that, you know, there are people that believe that students can be trans, essentially a boy or a girl can say that they feel that they were a person of the other sex or of the other gender. Uh, he said that he does not ascribe to that belief and that he believes that these students uh, have some sort of mental health issue that they need some sort of help with.
0: Nikita, I have to ask, when he made this statement, I imagine it was in public, did board members, anybody else on the board react to this?
1: Uh, So these are conversations that have been going on in front of the board for quite some time. I'll say the the board members are familiar with their fellow members' views. Uh, There was a small crowd in attendance, uh, from what I could gather, all of whom opposed these changes. I can't quite recall, but I think he might have gotten some applause from them on that.
0: Now, this was a close vote. Are we seeing this kind of tension in general over issues of sexual identity and gender equity in New Jersey schools?
1: Uh, It has increasingly been an issue in New Jersey politics. Uh, We've had the attorney general sue some districts over local policies that would require districts notify parents if their child uh, seeks a name change or seeks to be referred to by genders other than those that that were assigned to them at birth. Uh, Separately, we've had some districts try to go against uh, state learning standards or a in state law that uh, calls for education on LGBT people's contributions to history and society. And certainly we've seen some activity around local school board races on this issue.
0: What do the education officials who supported last week's changes say about why they're important?
1: Uh, the main thing they've said is these changes just bring New Jersey into compliance with other state and federal laws, like New Jersey's law against discrimination, for example. But they also point to rising rates of bias crimes and the mental health issues that LGBT youth face at disproportionate rates. They say that these changes will ensure those students get the thorough and efficient education the state constitution requires.
0: So what happens next? When do these new rules go into effect?
1: Uh, So the changes themselves are already active, but it might be a bit before we see any sorts of effects from them. Uh, For example, the rules require that schools draft what are called comprehensive equity plans, which are essentially blueprints to get rid of discrimination within their districts. They have to draft those plans every three years, so we might not see some of those plans for a little while. Uh, Some board members did raise the possibility of re-examining these rules in the short term, but others expressed doubt that there would be any changes before. Uh, the board is required to regularly update them seven years from now. I would also expect that you'll hear more about this issue the closer we get to November.
0: Nikita Biryukov is a reporter with the New Jersey Monitor. Nikita, thank you so much. Thanks again, Michael.
1: Thanks for listening. This is NYC Now from WNYC. Be sure to catch us every weekday, three times a day, for your top news headlines and occasional deep dives. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back this evening.